Hello, what's up? It's Kale's Cold Movie Club. I am joined today by podcast extraordinaire movie of uh, large popcorn <laughs> movie uh, podcast, Christian, good friend, big Ava buff. Uh, how are you doing, Christian? I'm ready to be turned into LCL. Hey, goo me you know up, daddy. <laughs> oh, yes. Nothing but goo. But first, let's do a little... Let's do a little interview segment. Tell us about yourself, Christian. Tell us, tell us about your passions, your hates. Oh. Uh, why, why we don't hang out in person. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know why we don't hang out in person. We live in completely I, I, different states. I don't states. even know where you live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> different time zones probably, I'm sure, too. Yeah. Uh, that's a hard... I, I always find these questions hard. Like, I don't know how to describe myself. I guess yeah. my passion is... Uh, one of the, my passions is, is movies. Uh, I do a movie podcast, Large Popcorn. We yeah. just recorded one today on 1977's Hausu, which is a Japanese horror film. Uh, banging, that? banging episode. Yeah, I mean that movie. I mean, talk about insane movies. Like House yeah. is crazy. I've you heard, should, you should watch House. but I definitely want to watch it. I just haven't had yeah. carved out time. Um, yeah, I've also been a podcast guest on there. someday. I'll do the Triple Crown and come back and talk about something. I hope. But uh, what did we do? We did Harder They Fall. And Jennifer's body, the millennial citizen. That's came. right. Yeah. And we talked about Avon. Jennifer's Gellar body. Models. Yeah. I, I'm of the mind that I think the uh, millennial citizen Kane is Twilight. I'm changing my answer. I fucking love Twilight. That, that is a good option. I, I, I would put that up there in the pantheon of millennial citizen Kane's with Jennifer's body. Fantastic. Uh, I, I fucking, uh, the only one I saw in the theaters was Eclipse and fucking Eclipse goes so fucking hard. <laughs> For no reason. I love it. I love Eclipse. Like, I don't think it's a good movie, but I legit, I, I love it. Yeah. Nothing about it. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. Just, just like, you get like sort of these normal, like teenage millennial sort of vibes from the other four, but that one just like, will have sort of those vibes and then just go hard for no reason. Cause David Slade directed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like decapitations and shit. And it's just like, what the fuck was that movie? And then you go to breaking Dawn and Kristen Stewart breaks her back because her child is drinking all her blood. I don't talk about, I think, either of the Breaking Dawn movies. Uh, that did not hit with me. Well, you don't also like the, the CGI the baby. <laughs> oh, thank God they went with the CGI baby. Because did you see the puppet baby? I don't think I've ever seen the, the fake one, no. Oh, my God. Is it worse? Oh, it's so bad. I, I had a, because I, like, every podcast I go on, I don't know if I did it on yours, but we did, like, I joke about the, uh, Jacob being a pedo and fucking a baby. Oh my God. Cause that's what he did. Even though she's like, she looks like she's 22. She's like six months old or whatever. And so, okay. I mean, what, how do you, how do wolves, uh, mark upon their, whatever. Ah, they piss on. What stuff. do wolves do? <laughs> yeah. They piss on them. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, so what was it? I, I don't, do you remember what it was called when, cause it's like, they have, they like, because they're like extreme monogamous where they fall in love with just one person and it's when the universe mm. like stops and whatever. And like, he thought he felt that with Bella, but it was really just one of her eggs inside of her. <laughs> it's, that's, it's so insane, dude. It, yeah. And then it's like, whatever. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, so we did that. Harder They Fall is a really good one. Everyone should watch that movie. Yeah. It's, it's on uh, Netflix too. Yep. It's a, it's a Netflix original. It's really great. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, so, yeah, definitely go listen to that podcast. When I have time, I listen to it, and it is a lot of fun. Mm. And I really enjoy it. 
It's one of the few podcasts I actually enjoy from our friends. Oh, nice. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so let's go, let's go into some, or, uh, let's actually, let's do this. Let's not wait till the end. Uh, cause I know you got a, you got a heart out. Uh, what are, what, what are some movies that you've been uh, watching slash that you would recommend for people to watch? Um, other than Black Adam, <laughs> I, there are some great movies that, that are out this weekend. And I, want, I, I went on a huge movie uh, spree this weekend. Three different movies have released. Uh, one is Park Chan-wook's Decision to Leave, which is mm. fucking fantastic. I still think, it, I think it's limited release, but maybe by the yeah. time this drops, it's hitting wider. Um, I think it's one of Park Chan-wook's best. Not probably not my favorite. I still say his best is maybe The Handmaiden, but Decision to Leave, like that intrigue of the mystery thriller along with the romance that's typical with Park Chan-wook is fucking fantastic. Uh, another movie that I want to shout out that I watched this weekend was Tar with Kate Blanchett, which Tar. I'm excited to see that one. It, it's it's good. Uh, like again for this one. The drama, I think, for me, really hits. It takes a while for it to get going, but once it finds its foothold, it's it it it, it really holds me. Uh, and then it encroaches into the psychological. I thought we're we're oh, banging, nice. and of course, Kate Blanchett is fucking fantastic as always. <laughs> like, and the last one I want to shout out uh, is uh, Triangle of Sadness, Ruben mm. Oslin's movie. that just came out, which is fucking great. It is hilarious. If you want to, you know, eat the rich and have a good time laughing while oh, while, yeah. <laughs> while you're all about it. Uh, Triangle Sadness is a good one. Nice. I'll have to, I'll have to look into those because I know for a fact that the three of those movies you just described were not playing in my area at all. Oh, that's fucked. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, Middle America. I I almost went to go see Tar at the Telluride Film Festival, but that was a six-hour drive, mm. and there was no guaranteed spot. Like you could buy a ticket there, and there's no guarantee you would get into the movie. So, and the past. What would you do in that case? Would they uh, like refund you? Uh oh no! Actually, you wouldn't. You wouldn't buy a ticket. They don't sell tickets until all the pass holders have gone in. Sorry, I forgot about that. Gotcha. But, okay. but also a six and a half hour drive to maybe see a movie. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. It's kind of it's, a, kind of a long drive. Yeah. Like one year, I'll get. I mean, those passes for Telluride are like fucking five hundred dollars. So someday I'll be rich enough to buy one and go there for a weekend. Yeah. But yeah. Especially it's the dream. Yeah, it, it is the dream to get to one of those. But you know. And they only had like three or four movies that I wanted to see that weekend. But I, I mean, if I had a pass, I'd go see all of them. Like when I've gone right. to festivals in the past and like, even like working at film festivals is great because you get to, you don't get paid, but you get to go there and you can pretty much see any movie you want, even though they say you can only get a, get into limited things. But if you're like working the door, they're just like, yeah, just go and nobody gives a shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's rad. Yeah. So I, I mean, I recommend volunteering at movie festivals when you can, if you're, uh, if you're poor, like some of us, most of us. Yeah. And you know, you, you meet a lot of cool filmmakers and have like, you know, real discussions with people and it's awesome to do that. Mm. Even for like the lower, it was a horror fest. It's, it was a horror festival at the uh, hotel that spot that inspired the shining. So, uh, that is that awesome. where's that? Isn't that Washington? No, that's Estes Park, no, Colorado. The, 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 you're right. That's Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I and I think the uh, even the Kubrick one was somewhere in Colorado, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. Like the one that he mm. used the film, uh, the exteriors, right. not in, inside. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but it's not the same hotel for uh, the uh, the Kubrick one. The the miniseries they shot up where 
because I used to work there for like 20 years, like right below. No it. shit. Yep. I think that's why I'm insane because I, I worked right below <laughs> the ghost hotel for 20 years. <laughs> what about you? What, what are you even watching? Uh, so so you, you mentioned Black Adam. I saw Black Adam. That's pretty much the only one that I've gone to recently because, again, I've had this discussion. Don't do it. What? I keep going. Okay, sorry. I've had this discussion with like you and many people about how nobody will shut the fuck up at my movie theaters. So oh I hit my breaking point me. like a couple weeks ago and I stopped. So I, uh, and uh, I can't remember the last one I saw, but it was, remember when we were talking about the, the mystery movie? Oh we, yeah, yeah. And we just the didn't go to it. Movie? Yeah. Cause it was the most cucked, uh, Dude, yeah. Movie ever. The fucking best beer run ever. It was like dropping on Apple like a few days after. That's, that's such bullshit. Yeah. Well, they're doing it again. So we'll see what. <laughs> Bullshit movie. What are the odds it's a good movie though? Uh, probably a little bit greater because like if you like like I yeah like I perused the subreddits like after all that and everybody was complaining. Everybody was like, no, this was bad. Like I did not stay. Like apparently a lot of people just walked out and some theaters yeah. weren't giving refunds uh for it. But it's like it's, it was five dollars, so and I eventually got a refund because you told me you're just like, it's this movie, and I looked up the trailer and I was like no i just I, I ate the cost i just stayed home like whatever I, yeah. I don't i'll just lose the money yeah it's like it's like well five bucks or six bucks whatever it doesn't it wasn't it wasn't that big of a loss to like not go to the movie theater but yeah. oh i i freak, i have regal unlimited i i pay yeah. for that so uh it, i mean it was free for me so i just yeah. ate that i guess i mean you, yeah. you 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 paid for it like twice over this weekend alone so yeah yeah more than that um so like yeah like by the I, way i just want to say because mm-hmm. I, I forgot to talk about this today on my podcast fucking americans dude they don't have any sort of uh theater etiquette anymore no. it's just gone now some guy in front of me during triangle sadness just on google during the movie what are you what are you googling during the movie just wait yeah i like on the people on the phone people talking like when i went to go see black adam just somebody and this is given this was like during the trailers. So like, I don't get mad until the feature starts. Like you can talk during the trailers, in my opinion, yeah, because sure. you could be like, oh, what? That's cool or whatever. But just someone yells out, Ben Affleck, Batman sucks. And I fucking laughed so hard when I heard that. <laughs> I was like, oh. This is during the movie? Uh, the, during the trailers, but yeah. During the, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, but did, did you see Black Adam this weekend or? No, okay. no. I, I, I'm not going to. Let me tell you, the hierarchy of the DC universe has changed. It truly has changed. Has that, it? Well, so I will defend that statement. Not in the way The Rock had anticipated or what you think. It has changed. Amanda Waller is just now fucking Nick Fury. Right. Yeah. yeah. They've essentially turned her into Nick Fury because she is like littered throughout this. Well, not littered. She appears in it twice, but she does this very Nick Fury type thing where it's like, we're calling in these people to do X, Y, and Z. So, and then they go to a task force S X base, which it's just like after the first suicide squad movie, how does she still have fucking money to fund this thing? <laughs> I don't understand, but yeah, they, they go to a task force X base and it's just like, okay, yeah, this like task force X is like shitty shield. Essentially. She, Amanda Waller's just showing up in like every DC movie. That's not the Batman. Yeah. And yeah. show, I, I think, uh, well, yeah. Cause I, they've only I didn't done watch one. the, 
Peacemaker show. Yeah, she she did show up uh, a couple of times in that. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, the same way she did in Black Adam, which is she spent four hours on a soundstage in one costume. She might have shot like, dude, if James Gunn shot part of Black Adam, that would be hilarious to me. But like, it seems like she was wearing like the same outfit she was during Peacemaker for Black Adam. Shut the fuck up. Shut the, f- no way. Yeah, so she like shot for four hours and maybe she like, I don't, there's no, oh, well, The Flash. The Flash and uh, Aquaman are still going to be in the DCEU, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same like pink mm. uh, suit that she wore in like Suicide Squad, but it's, oh my God, yeah. That's too funny. Just just her showing up. Like, and as far as I'll, like, I'll, I'll be quick about Black Adam. I really enjoyed the action scenes. The rest of the movie was meh. Like, yeah, they, they did some really cool it, things with the action, but other than that, nah. That seems to be consensus. And then like Dr. Fate was cool, which I'll allow Dr. Fate is a cool character, but I just yeah. don't care. Yeah. It's, he's a cool character who they CGI'd uh, someone else's body on Pierce Brosnan whenever he was in the costume. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's not Pierce yeah. Brosnan's body. That was so hilarious. Cause you, cause like, his head would match the motions, but his body would be slightly off. And it's just like, oh, he was wearing one of those gray jumpsuits with tracking markers through most mm-hmm, of this movie, mm-hmm. wasn't he? But uh, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, go go see those movies. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see uh, the Chan Parkwook one and uh, the Triangle of Sadness. I've heard nothing but great things. Um, good time. But uh, we'll we'll see if it ever comes to my theaters because, oh God, living in middle America, middle America, even, even though Colorado likes to pretend it's not it, it some of the people here no but uh but yeah let's move on to or uh actually i wanted to ask you this have you been playing gotham knights no i and i won't okay uh do, do you have a specific reason because i had a reason until last night to not play it i i just don't care i, I mostly because i i didn't want to play a a gear grindy game like sure i I imagine the co-op is probably fun with like a group of friends but like i don't know it just seems like a a game that is not really made for me the narrative doesn't seem like it's the strongest so i'm just like i'm gonna spend my time playing stuff that actually interests me i just don't care enough to to try it yeah because i'm sure people enjoy it i'm happy for them but otherwise no yeah because i was talking with a few uh game journalist friends about it and like they seem to be enjoying it they they don't think it's like the best or like a great game, but they seem to be enjoying it. So I was like, Oh, maybe I'll do it. Cause I, cause I fucking Arkham city is my favorite game of all time. Mm. And so I really, I really just enjoy like the, like that beat em up style of game. So I was like, fine, fuck it. And it was, it was 50 bucks. So I picked it up for a brand new game. I was like, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. But than uh, 70. Oh yeah. No, I, I would not play, pay 70 for that yeah, shit. That. Um, but, uh, what was it? Oh, and like, uh, like Arkham Origins is just a horrible game, <laughs> like because the same people who made Origins made this. Yeah, uh, and that was my first question: was like, is it a completely buggy mess that's going to be unplayable? And the consensus was no, it actually uh, played fine. So, so yeah, I'm gonna try and dive into that later tonight. But uh, but yeah, just like now I'm like, like because I got so many opinions on it, and then I bought it, and I'm still just like trying to get other opinions to make me feel justifiable in buying Justified? it. Justified. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if you have fun, like that's, that's all that matters, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And it, it just seems like, especially like the things that you don't like about the game are like things that people are criticizing about it. So it's like, okay, well, that makes perfect sense why Christian doesn't want to play mm. it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I dig that. But like, yeah. 
And, and like, I also like other people got like really hyped about it. And I just sort of got angry at that. I was like, do you not understand how bad Arkham Origins was? Do you not understand my pain? I thought, I thought people loved that game for the boss fights. Yeah, because the boss fights were good. It's just like a, a bunch of the uh, the stealth missions were broken. Like people glitch into walls. And like you I, couldn't go past any parts if you didn't finish the stealth missions. Like, yeah, like a couple of times people would glitch through walls and you could just run past it. And I was like, okay, fuck it. But like, yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's mechanically, it's bad, like, compared to even Asylum, like, the the combat is really bad and slow and hard to get a handle on. But if you play that before you play the rest of them, it feels good. But I made the mistake once of playing, like, City and Asylum and then playing that and being like, I hate this game mm, so much. Yeah. Uh, I'm nervous for you then, because I've heard the combat just feels kind of stiff and, and not very good. Ah, uh, yeah. Gotham Knights. Yeah, that 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 thing is gonna suck. But I like the gameplay I was watching. Like, there's at least a little bit more things you could do. Where it's just like the way I play Arkham City and the way I speed run Arkham City is just mash, 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 run, 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 mash, 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 and like, and even like if you've ever played like the Nightmare Mode in Arkham Knight, like the uh, mm. the things go away, so you don't know when to counter. You have to be, and like it yeah. taught me a lot to where you have to watch how people are fighting and when they're going to punch you to counter. So like, I don't even need like the counter yeah. signs to do counters it's like anymore. C- it's like Sifu. Exactly. Yeah. Except. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, like I like sort of, cause it's like sort of like a Soulsborne kind of game, except uh, with combat or uh, mm. that. And I'm, even though I did, I was able to beat Elden Ring with the help of friends. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. I'm fuck not, yeah. I'm not really, uh, those types of games aren't really, like a game that I enjoy playing. I just do it to challenge myself when I'm feeling bored. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Arkham city, like I'll boot it up like every like couple of months. Cause it only takes me like two to two and a half hours to beat. <laughs> so. Oh, you're that quick on the speed run. You uh-huh. just fucking blaze through it. That's cool. I mean, people beat it in like just over an hour. So I'm like, so I do it twice as slow as good speed runners. But like, yeah, if, Cause that's the other thing is like, I want to start to like, sometimes I want to have people like on stream and we do races in Arkham city just to troll people. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, uh, like my, well, my friend, like we did this for charity. Like I want to say in April or March or April or May rather. Sorry. Um, and so we were, we did a speed run race and like, he got to, uh, like the, the end of the game, like where you have to scan all the helicopters within like three hours. So like if, if you're like sort of racing, but like it, it does like require you to have memory of what's going on. Cause if you don't yeah. remember exactly how to play it, then it does take you longer. So basically even though we were racing, I was like, no, you got to do this, this and this while I'm still playing and doing it. So while you're doing it. That's yeah. It's like, I'm like giving him tips and tricks while I'm still like beating in two and a half hours. But so, yeah, I, I just want to ask that of uh, people. But, uh, yeah, let's get on to the news real quick. Do some. We have three news stories, one of which is Ava-related. But let's go with the first one, which is uh, the Bayonetta voice actor controversy. Mm. So, uh, for those who don't know, the uh, voice actor for Bayonetta is different for the third game because... From what from her words was they were gonna pay her four thousand dollars for the game and no residuals on the back end, which 
that that is the one part I was like, they needed to do that. But and then it came back. Sure. Platinum said it was like maximum four thousand dollars per session, which is which I think they said five sessions, so about twenty thousand dollars total. Which I still think for a game of that size is still too little, but it wasn't as bad as doing four thousand for the whole thing. Right. Um. But uh, so do you have any uh, thoughts on this before I go into my tirade? <laughs> yeah, I mean. The, I think the weirdest thing about this is how uh, people were flip-flopping on Twitter, like uh, mm -hmm. saying, uh, first of all, I mean, if if it is indeed true that Platinum was going to pay $4,000 per game, like that, that is really shitty. Um, but like, again, it's I, I, my thing is that the truth is somewhere in the middle, probably. Yeah. Um, and like, maybe it's best to not like say like, oh, uh, what, Helena Taylor uh, lied, like, I, I don't know. My my actual take is that like we need to be paying voice actors better. Um, I think it's a shame that when they tried uh, when they were striking, I think earlier this year or or last year, they had to um, uh, compromise and get rid of uh, residuals, which they were trying to include in, in like updated contracts when they were unionizing yeah. or like some sector was unionizing. They had to take out residuals, which I I think should be a thing that voice actors are getting and maybe even developers are getting. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think it's unfortunate that how messy it's been in the news, but uh, again, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I think hell, like if you're going to boycott Bayonetta three, like that is your prerogative. If you're going to buy it, that's, that's your prerogative as well. Uh, I think the most important thing is to have conversations about, uh, about better pay in the industry for sure. Period. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's sort of my tirade is like, is like, like 4,000 is a number that both people have set. So, you know, something got lost because, right. because she like, she's not negotiating these contracts agents are. And so maybe the agents told her just 4,000 and they, maybe they said 4,000 per session and she didn't realize that she was going to do, well, she probably knew she was going to do more sessions, but realized that, that that was per session and not overall. But still, I feel like that's kind of low for a game who's getting its third, its second sequel and somehow became profitable enough on the Wii U to warn a third game yeah like yes and and you know giving residuals like even like the the anime voice actors who were talking about how they got paid like 400 bucks for a fucking movie for a movie yeah 150 the japanese voice actor for uh jujutsu kaisen zero what the fuck yeah and and he like like Maybe it was 450 i don't know yeah it, it was yeah it, it was something that was like unreasonably low but it's just like if you offered someone that like for to do nothing you'd be like oh that's a lot of money but uh but yeah, like, to, like not to get residuals on the back end and like, you know, cause there are other people like other games, like usually they do, they do bonuses tied to sales and stuff like that, which yeah. is sort of like residuals or, you know, the most famous, the, uh, what is it? The fallout new Vegas where it was tied to Metacritic scores and they missed it by one point to get their bonuses. That's fucked. Yeah. Up. That was fucked up. like, it, it just needs to be based on either like no it needs to be based on gross i'm not going to say on profit it needs to be on gross total what they've made and you need to give that back to people this is like another mm -hmm. thing that uh like uh, there's like seven different tentacles about how all this stuff like like evga recently like stopped making graphics cards and like you know cucking their whole company and like this is a whole thing where it's like people are talking about well if it's not profitable why are they doing this and it's just like does it have to be profitable when you're paying your employees enough and you're not going into the black or into the red? Like you're making just a yeah. little bit. 
like do do we need to really just be more money more money otherwise let's just not do anything like it's it's every just everything just seems a little bit ass backwards on all this where it's just like yeah yeah she should have like that contract should have come back she should have just even if it is 20,000 she should have like not gone come back because they're not going to give her uh residuals like yeah i mean that that's like the that was like the one thing because yeah everybody's just like focusing on like well they paid her like this much amount of money for this much work and it's like yeah but when a when a game on the wii u gets a sequel <laughs> like there's definitely a lot of money that came in from it so like she should get some of that on the back end because yeah. you know most of the game is her most of what people experience from the game in the voice realm is her hard work so it's it's her like like gameplay aside because the gameplay is fucking sublime like yeah. i enjoy bayonetta just as much because of helena taylor's performance like she is bayonetta to me like i i have reservations about jennifer hale and i love <laughs> i love her but like I, the game is not bayonetta 3 is not going to be the same because it's the, you know what i mean yeah yeah and yeah so yeah that, that was my thoughts I, I definitely wanted to talk because i was like I definitely didn't want to tweet anything about it even because it's like all my tweets in that realm are always about like, just pay people. Fuck you. Who cares about profits? Pay people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I agree. Uh, yeah. Not too much of a tirade. Uh, but so here is, uh, so the next story is the Washington post. And cause this happened like a couple weeks ago, post like an expose on why G four failed. Okay. Um, so uh, did you read into that or like, are you, I didn't even, I didn't G4 know they did fan? an expert. Was it Gene Park? Uh, no, Nathan Grayson. Got it. No, uh, I, I didn't read this. Okay. I can tell you why it failed. Yeah. Tell me if, if <laughs> unfortunately it failed because they brought it back with like hundreds of employees to it, like a TV format when we already have like hundreds of people who are like, uh, where we go to online for our personalities. Like, yeah, G4 like paved the way for like what we currently have already. So like they they just they were just doing too much way too soon. Yeah, I mean basically yeah, that's it. That is why G4 failed. It it was Comcast being like we need this to be as profitable as a you know ca- like a like a cable channel to be when there's not that kind of money in. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. E- even if you are successful in selling ads, like it's not anywhere near what a cable company was doing and that's what they were expecting when really they really just needed to have it be sort of just like it should have been a platform for smaller creators to learn the ropes and instead they had oh, cool. people like will neff who already was the super successful and austin show who were all these had a very successful platform on their own and didn't need it and demanded just like a lot of money which good for mm. them fucking take all that money sure. you can but like it didn't need to be you know people who were already big in the industry and then bringing back the legacy people like full-time and not just to be like we're passing the baton on sort of sense was yeah. kind of bad like what was it like one of the hosts like the the point that i just was like i don't really want to watch this is when they uh, had that wrestler guy was it xavier woods they're oh, like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a host and i was like but he's like does professional wrestling like you put out a like a like a nationwide search for talent like I, like I, I know this guy's talented and he loves video games and stuff but like i feel like he could build his own platform without <laughs> g4 or anything mm-hmm. yeah i agree so there's that my, uh go ahead my 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 thing is like 
I understand why, like, obviously, like, if, if they're going to have, like, a big production behind it, like, it needs to be profitable. If they're going to bring it back, like, I, I, I get that. It's a business. Uh-huh. My thing is, like, it, it's a shame that we have to go immediately for the money route. Like, why couldn't it just come back and the focus be like, let's make something cool, similar, but, but different and unique enough that makes us stand out. Like, it, it's not enough to just do the same thing again. Uh, and it's like, yearn for like as much profit as possible. Like, that's just not going to work in, in today's landscape. Yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was doomed to fail. And then of course, like all, every like armchair internet expert was just like, it's because of uh what's her name? Froskern or whatever went on a tirade about how men are sexist. And it's like, no, it definitely was no, not that. Absolutely not. That was like a thing. That was just a thing that needed to happen at that time. Like, yeah, like some people need to uh, learn. That was an awesome clip. I'm, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, and that's sort of like at the end of the article, it talks a lot about that because that was sort of like the last big thing that G4 did or that G4 was talked about before they started laying people off. Right. But that was also like, that happened in like May and they started laying people off in September. So like months had gone by, but yeah, it it was just a very unsustainable thing. But like, again, people are also framing it as like people were like, you know, content creators were charging too much money to be on there. Like their day rates were a lot. And then they were, they were also giving money for people to host, uh, like, like top tier streamers to host G four or uh, to Mm -hmm. raid G four. So that was kind of weird. But like, also it was just like, they're like, people are asking for too much money. It's like, well, when somebody's giving out that much money, like you don't look that gift horse in the mouth. So like, don't blame other people for asking for, you know, ginormous contracts when the company said yes. Like, you know, it's was, their fault. Was G4, um, the one that was paying, oh, I think maybe, maybe you just said this paying people to like watch their, it was like bots watching their streams to like. Uh, well, definitely that, but that's like, numbers. that's like a thing. Every partnered streamer does. that's, this is an insider secret. Oh. Every sort of like, you know, like people at the very top don't need to do that anymore, but anybody who's like partnered in like a, a mid tier, like they do that or somebody does it for them. Like, Holy shit. yeah, it's, it's a big problem. It's bigger than most people realize. And like they punish the smaller streamers for doing it when bigger streamers do it all the time. Um, but yeah. So they were doing that and then, yeah, they were paying, paying people with, you know, big organic followings, like the top tier streamers to rate them. So, uh, yeah, there, there's like, like XQC and like Hassan and all those people who are at the very top of Twitch don't really need to do that anymore. Um, you know, because XQC runs like seven minutes of ads. So he's like <laughs> making a lot of money anyways. Um, get that bag, but yeah, no, yeah. Like, like do it, but you know, these companies need to come back and realize other things. So, uh, but our yeah. final news story relates to our main topic, which is Evangelion thrice upon a time is coming to IMAX baby. It's about uh, damn time. Yeah. And tickets go on sale on the second of November for the IMAX, which is going to be the 27th or the 20th. I don't think this article says, um, Oh no, November 30th rather. Sorry. Uh, which is so tickets on sale. What uh, a week from Wednesday. Tuesday? Uh, Wednesday. yeah, a week from Wednesday, which a week from today, the day that this podcast posts. Um, gotcha. It would have been funny if we, if I recorded the other pot, the other second episode I wanted to, because then tickets would have gone on sale the day this aired. But, uh, but re- put it in your calendars next the week, a week from, uh, Wednesday is when tickets go on sale. 
Um, also, happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween. Uh, that's coming up on... Fuck yeah. I want to see this movie in IMAX. God damn, dude. I love I do too. Rest of the Time. I will, because I don't have an IMAX theater near me, so I will drive the hour to go see it. Um, it's worth, I mean, that's, that's better than six hours. Yeah. I, I've already decided I'm going to all the other ones, the, the December 6th and 11th, uh, regardless if it's subbed or dubbed. Because uh, again, like I, have, like I have trouble with uh, subtitled anime or anything that's subtitled because I have a reading disability. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Like I will like, like that's why I still haven't seen triple R or whatever people call it. <laughs> oh, fucking RRR. God damn. Yeah. I Ooh, think I love that movie. I think I'm just going to sit down and watch it. And like, if I don't understand it, then I don't give a fuck. Um, but like, yeah, I'll have trouble. Like the first time I watched old boy, I watched it subbed and like, I didn't get that he was fucking or not fucking. He was a uh, groping his sister. Um, Oh, his daughter. N- no, the, the bad, uh, the main bad guy. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Like, I was like, I, I was just like, why did he get so much revenge on a guy that watched him? Like, like, was it cause he sexually assaulted a woman or something and that ruined his life? I don't, I didn't get it. And then I watched the dubbed version. I was like, Oh, cause it was his sister. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was in love with his sister. Ugh. Did you ever watch the American one? <laughs> I did. And I actually watched the American before the Korean. Ooh, bad choice. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody, somebody had put it on. Uh, we were like just drinking beer and they, they said, have you ever seen Old Boy? And I was like, no. They yeah. put it on. It was the American version. But like, I, whatever. Like Josh Brolin and Elizabeth Olsen, like being an actor. So like I enjoyed it fine. Yeah. I was also like young. So like I don't know. I didn't know what like proper good movies were. So like I thought it was oh, cool. Okay. And then I watched like the, oh, it's based on a Korean movie. And then I watched the, the original. I was like, yeah, this, yeah. this one bangs. Like that's the only movie that almost made me throw up in the theater. Like I've never like been grossed out by violence or anything like that. But the fact that, cause there's a scene where the dad goes around and executes his family and the son was about ready to get his butt fucked by his dad. Like he undoes mm, his belt. And mm. I was just like this, I do not feel comfortable at yeah. all with this movie. Like, uh, but, but yeah, I, mean, I think I, I almost threw up in the movie theater for, uh, fuck, what is that movie? Green Inferno. Oh, that's a that's one that I saw that movie at a, I saw that at the film festival that I worked at two years before it came out. And so Really? Like, yeah. And then when it came out, I was working at a movie theater at the time and my friend was just like complaining about how horrible it was. I was like, I didn't think it was that bad. But I also like I was fine. I also don't fine. give a shit about violence. It's just more like themes will themes will hit me more than actual violence will. Gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, with that, let's go on to our main topic because we only got about like 20 minutes to talk about it. Um, no, we got uh, so let's, let's start out. Where did you first get involved with Evangelion? Um, I think I had heard about Evangelion before. Uh, and like growing up, I had like seen, so- I think maybe... I, maybe like Adult Swim had like shown it. Like I had, I, I had so. seen the the Ava units mm-hmm. at some point in my life, but I could never, I could never pinpoint them. Um, and then early 2020, uh, I think it was right on the cusp of like uh, lockdown and stuff in, yeah. in the states. I was doing my master's work, and I needed something to like watch as I was just like mass studying all the time. Like I needed time to like decompress and do other things as well, and like. Mm-hmm. 
just escape from reading all the damn time. <laughs> and I think this is like when Netflix recently acquired the show. And then um, at that point, I think it's like the what the, the recap movie and then end of Ava. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I've heard about this anime. It's like critically acclaimed. People love it. Uh, one of the best animes ever. Like I should give this a, a shot. And I liked it fine. And then I hated it. And then like at some point I realized Actually, I think I love this anime. Yeah. And then since then, the the more I watch it, the more I think about it, like I the more I love it. Every oh my god. I fucking love it, uh, Evangelion so much. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, even even watching it today for this podcast, like I I found something new in the end of Evangelion that just hit me mm. perfectly right. And maybe it was because I was uh talking to my writing partner at the time and we're right like he's writing a script that he didn't realize was about depression until like a week ago and i realized was about him being depressed a week ago so it just sort of hit us at the same at the right point but it's, yeah it's like when masato was uh when because i was like you need to see the scene because it's the scene where masato kisses shinji and says that will do the rest when you get back but like that speech that she gives before just like hit so hard where it's just like i don't give a fuck i will never forgive you if you don't get into that robot like it just sort of hit me and it's still hitting me right now again, but it's just, but like, yeah, like I, I don't know when I became aware of Evangelion, but it was definitely right before it came to Netflix and like had heard that it was a really good anime. Cause like I started getting into anime, I think in around 2017. Yeah. 2017 when I, uh, when I met someone who was like, we have to watch Cowboy Bebop. So like Cowboy Bebop was oh, like fuck yeah. my first real introduction into anime. I was like, this is beautiful and amazing. And then I mm-hmm. can't wait for this in five years to be bastardized in a live action version. I remember saying those words perfectly. <laughs> no, I didn't say that, but, uh, but yeah. So, and then it was, I think May of 2019. No, it was, it was a little bit late. No. Yeah. It was a little bit later. It was like September or whatever. Uh, Netflix released the trailer for this and said that this is the first time it's coming online. And like, then I learned that it was like, not available anywhere you know it was available on those sites but like not available legally and like i was like oh well this looks interesting i can't wait and then so much time passed and then finally in february of 2020 they released the final trailer and said it's coming out in march and i was like oh thank god because like for those who don't know apparently they lost like all of the american voice acting for shinji so instead of just re-recording that, like they did with like what Prime did, I essentially. About that. <laughs> I mean, I sent you that clip right of Toji. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another like to go back to one of the news stories. Like that clearly happened because that dude was hired for the fourth movie, and didn't realize that they were not paying him to voice the other two. Right. Uh, but anyways, because uh, I think he still does it in the second one too. It's just like this grown ass man. At an aquarium <laughs> in a child's body. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so instead of just re-recording that, they're like, let's just redo the whole thing. And that's why like, it got announced so early on and then took forever to, get, to finally get on Netflix. Was they're like, we're doing this right. properly. We're not Amazon Prime. We're not going to put the rings in the last episode. We're going <laughs> to go through and really do it. But yeah, it's just like I, I, I watched the whole thing in like two days. And like I instantly loved it. And like, and yeah, that ending hit me like, like the end of Evangelion has hit me so hard because of like, even like from Jane, stop that. Um, even from like, my dog's fucking around. 
Um, <laughs> even from when it got announced and I was like excited to actually watch it to when I actually did eventually watch it, I changed so much as a person. And as the Rent. years go on, I keep changing and finding things new, but I still come back to this. Yeah. And it anchors me. Dude, this, this is like what's so great about, I mean, all, legit all about Evangelion is that it, it grows with me. Like no, no matter what point in my life, like I'm finding new things all the time. Yeah. Like I, I recently watched the end of Evangelion as well. And I had a, I had a friend over when we, when we watched and I don't know if I can say this on the podcast. We got, we got a little high. Oh, you and, can because uh, uh, it's in Colorado okay, and I don't yeah. fuck. Like, talk about doing cocaine. Who cares? Oh, we got high and I, I went mouth breather mode and I was just like in awe of like, uh, like okay I, I understand why people are frustrated with the show's ending I, I think it's beautiful in its own right but it is it is a difficult ending i'm not gonna lie to you uh so like ev- in the end of evangelion is is much different and i'm sure we'll talk about it but like in terms of spectacle and sublime like end of evangelion like really hits and i know it's much different thematically from like the show ending and then mm-hmm. the, the the rebuild movie ending um Yet the, I don't know. There's something about like that, really like interrogation of depression that like kind of resonates with me that I, I find fascinating. Yeah, and, and we can talk about the rebuilds too. Like I, unfortunately, I messaged you first because I knew I wanted you the most to be on this podcast to talk about Evangelion. Mm-hmm. By the time I started asking other people to come on, I was like, well, we can talk about the whole of Evangelion because to really talk about the rebuilds without talking about the whole is, you know, that's bastardizing it. And even talking about right, this without exactly. even because us knowing the end now yeah it really helps and like yeah but it, yeah it, it it's such a uh like especially like i do love the original anime ending but of course when i watched it i knew that there was more so like sure so i yes. i get fans being pissed about that ending being like that's it that's that's how it ends but i think it's just so beautiful and it is a great deconstruction of not only humanity but depression and like like what it would be like to like have like a lot of depression is like the misunderstanding of other people and like having those walls sort of melt away and like melding and, you know, understanding one another fully, truly for once it's beautiful, but also the wall, like, and then deconstructing be like, the walls are kind of necessary, but I also think I, we need to go outside more (laughs) and experience stuff where isn't, isn't that a little bit, I'm sorry. Isn't that a little bit great that like at, I'm going to mention a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, with the rebuild films, like Anno's like conclusion is like, well, I, what you're saying is spot on and it's beautiful, but also at the same time, like we should go outside a little bit more. Like, I don't know. That's great. Yeah. It's like, maybe we should ex- like, like, and that is like, that is what the ending of rise upon a time is, is this whole thing. Like the whole, the whole of Evangelion is like, this boy has the weight of the world on his shoulder and he has to become a God to make other people's visions a reality. And like, basically his conclusion at the end of all this, his thesis of everything is like, we need to experience life as it is and go outside and actually make connections with people instead of, even though like, I'm not like too big a fan of who he ends up with at the end of uh thrice upon a time. Sure. Uh, but still it's just, but that's like, he's, he's a cishet man. So <laughs> of course he's going to choose a woman to be Shinji's partner where it should be Kaoru. It should always be Kaoru. Like, even if he doesn't realize it, Kaoru should be his lover. <laughs> yeah. That's my one, that's my one gripe with the Netflix, uh, I guess. The translation. They, when they resubbed. Yeah. The translation, yeah, they changed it, yeah. Yeah. And, and oh, even, like, like, to defend that a little bit, like, even though 
it's like in so for those who don't know in the original dub slash sub he says that means i love you shinji and then at the end it means i like you which i think because these because you got to think about it these two dudes just met <laughs> like sure yeah, yeah so like for them to like already love each other like that because like no matter what the translation the dub does visually it's the same and shinji just really wants to suck that kaoru cock like <laughs> He gets, yeah, he gets so like flustered when he's around him. And even like, even in the dub, they like, like show like that he's being flustered in the way he talks about things. It's different than anyone he'll talk to in the whole entire of Evangelion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even like in Thrice Upon a Time, Kaoru's like, I put your name next to mine in the book of life. I was like, that's the gayest fucking thing I've ever heard. Like, just let them be together. Yeah. Especially, especially when. Because, like, I get, like, at the end of this one, it's basically humanity restarts with an amalgamation of Asuka, Rei, and Misato in one woman. And so it's like, oh, they're going to repopulate the Earth, Noah's Ark, that type of bullshit. So that makes sense, where it's just like, of course, biologically, you would need that. But in Thrice Upon a Time, Earth is just where it is now. <laughs> like, yeah, we're all people. It's just like, let him be gay. Oh no! Let him be gay, please. Let Shinji it's be also, gay. also, I think it ha- it has to be like yeah, the insertion of Ano himself, right? Yeah. Like I forget his wife's name, but I think that that is what essentially he was going for. I think based on what, oh, what I read no. online, I mean, total. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, because to- his wife. I mean, despite you know Mari being American, I think she's American. I don't know. She grew up, and also she's like I didn't find this out. But through the brain poison that is the Evangelion subreddit, where everybody wants to uh, fuck Ray and Asuka, I found oh. out that like her character is actually twenty one years old. In two, Mari. Yeah, she's not actually a kid. No shit. Yeah, she's actually an adult. So I know, and maybe they just made that up so that there could be more waifu stuff. Because like it is, oh, it is. Like I saw a picture where just two days ago where it's like Shinji holding Ray's hand and it's like, he's like trying to be this like strong, uh, man type where it's just like Shinji, the protector and like Ray's all has her clothes all torn up and stuff and looks scared. What? It's just like, do you not realize that that is an exact copy of his mom? Biologically, like, like if we're going to separate everything from like, you know, cause her being her own person and not being Yui, like, even if you want to go that far, it's still biologically his mom. Like, what the fuck? Sure. Yeah. Like, like, like I, I get you can fall in love with, like, somebody, but, like, if you were to fall in love with somebody who was inside your mom's body, that would be very awkward and, like, disgusting to me, at least. But I have, I have one question for you. Yes. What do you find, what do you find, what resonates with you about End of Evangelion? Is it the conclusions? It is the conclusion. It is specifically when he's drifting away from Yui and he says, I've learned a lesson, but I think I'm going to keep learning that lesson over and over again. And like, yeah, it is like specifically that. And like the table scene where he flips over the table, he's like, why won't you help me? I'm asking for your help. Everything I do is screaming for help. Like, why won't you help me? It's like, yeah, specifically the end. And like, this is the first time I watched it sober in two years. (laughs) Um, but it's just like it, it, but it always hits me in the same where it's just like, it's just like, like this dude is going through some shit and like needs to still learn, which of course is 
Thrice Upon a Time, but like that is what always hits me. It's just like he's always learning or he's just like trying to get through his depression as much as like, cause I like last year was diagnosed with a uh, major depression. So like now I understand why I like this movie so much. <laughs> um, you identify with Shinji. Yeah. I did. Well, you know, in every scene, except for the hospital scene, I identify with Shinji. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but no, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, and so like that ending still hits me and which is also kind of why I'm probably not the biggest fan of thrice upon a time because I'm not at that point yet in my life. And I, and, mm -hmm. but I have the tool set to recognize, I know I'm not there yet, but I still think it's fantastic and I'm glad which that it's over. That's crazy. Cause like, that's kind of what I take from uh, Shinji's mindset at the end of Evangelion is like, he understands, but it's still like, it's, I, I don't want to call it a outright rejection. Cause I don't think that's entirely accurate, but it is yeah. like, Shinji still has to like he understands but he still has to like work on it and still figure out stuff which is yeah. why we get to to this ending yeah also like again the spectacle of it all as as it's happening I think is like legit a sublime experience for oh, me. Yeah. no like like the scene I was talking about earlier which is like when Masato kisses Shinji it's like intercut with Asuka giving this best one of the best robot mecha fights in all of anime history it's it's so just cool. so beautiful and like e even the imagery at the end even the like uh two seconds of porn <laughs> that shot like have, did you notice that like when they do live action I don't think stuff i ever noticed I, th this is the first time i've noticed it and that's probably because i work in porn now so like i have to notice shit like that but like yeah i noticed that it's just like it's just like slowly going up a naked woman's body <laughs> and then it cuts to tokyo live action tokyo 3 i don't think i ever noticed this I, well, that's the other thing is like, I'm watching it on the Blu-rays right now because I don't have a Netflix subscription. Uh, mm. So I don't like, I'm just wondering, cause I watched it so many times on Netflix. I'm like, I'm wondering if they cut that out of the Netflix version. Oh, there could. Yeah. That might be a, yeah, yeah. for sure. Cause like, this is only the second time I've watched it on uh, the Blu-ray release. So, um, but yeah, like, like that just like when I was watching, I was like, Oh, there's just straight up porn in this. Okay. Um, for, for me, it's like, I don't know, Lil Lilith Ray. Um, like, and I try to imagine myself like what that scale would look like for me to be like, uh, like me myself and, and seeing this like happen and like what that would feel like. And yeah. I, I, I almost can't like, I try to imagine it and I try I get like a little bit of anxiety, just like how I would feel confronting that, which is crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. Also, the way like uh, everyone encounters everyone at the end, but like, like their own kind of, because uh, I think the people that they love the most, I think. Yeah, the the people um, who've touched their hearts the most, like like even because right, um, yeah. the interesting thing about that even is, Gendo doesn't get to be part of the human instrumentality mentality project, yet he shows up in the episodes, as like trying to explain it, and which is also why he doesn't. You don't see his face at all. You don't, you don't see him and Yui at all mm. in the final episodes when they do the, uh, the alternate universe where everything's normal. Right. Like you, you just hear Yui and you hear Gendo. So it's like almost like they're not there because they're not. Like Gendo is chomped up and Yui is floating through space, which is, which I thought was a brilliant sort of plot point of it's really Gendo's driving force for the, for Thrice Upon a Time is he wants to get Yui back. Cause he wants to yeah. have happiness. Uh, well, here's a, here's one question that I often ask a lot. 
Who do you think is the worst parent of Shinji's? Is it Yui or is it Gendo? It's a trick question. It's, I mean, it's not a trick question. It's like I genuinely want to, th- genuinely want people to like think it out because Gendo a difficult ab- one because like, they both abandoned him. Like they, yeah, they do, but for different reasons, right? Yeah. And I don't know. I, I would, I would say Yui gets the slight edge of being a better parent because like what she's doing is like a, a more altruistic maybe kind of end to like what for instrumentality right to like yeah. uh, for us to like understand each other's traumas and and feelings yeah. like i i get that and gendo is like i just want yui back yeah you know like for me it's like i want to do this for everyone and for shinji and gendo's like i just want yui back so i would say gendo's worse probably yeah because i because like it is one of those things i think about where it's just like she abandoned her child knowingly to do this to do this experiment, even though I guess she kind of knew that they'd be reunited eventually. Um, mm. But like, but yeah, like she like gave all that up just, just so that she could become a God and live. Cause the, the way it does like, and I didn't realize this until I watched it this time, but like the way I had thought about it was she was doing it to become a God to live forever. Cause she was scared to death. Cause she'll outlast the universe inside of an Ava. But then like watching right. it this time, it's like, Oh no, she, fully intended for her to be the vessel to carry the whole of humanity beyond space and time, which does yeah. sort of make that like a little more altruistic, but, but yeah. And then it's just like Gendo. Only a bit. Yeah. It, it is a bit, at least, you know, there's like, cause at, for my original assessment, at least there's a little bit where it's just like, well, actually I'm doing it for everybody, whether you like it or not. So there's yeah. at least a little bit like where it's not just like, I'm going to live forever. Fuck you. Um, but yeah, but also Gendo just being like not realizing there's a little part of Yui in Shinji, so maybe he should have focused on that instead of just trying yeah. to get her back. Oh, but this is why this is why uh, Thrice Upon a Time hits for me, man. Yeah. Know. No, yeah, and like, like, I was just, like, that was one of the things. As soon as I first saw it, I was like, I'm glad that Gendo finally found his happiness, but his path to that still was shitty every step of the way. Yes, absolutely. Through multiple through multiple phases of his life, or, and by phases I mean trips around his life cycle. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, do you think like do you think like he wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls and was able to like? Because my theory is the Dead Sea Scrolls is literally what Gendo did, and like his attempts to get Yui back, and that's why mm-hmm. like in Thrice Upon a Time it's like so wild that and then he has to become a god himself just to reunite with Yui. And like it, it just like because the the progress of that through trial and error to go from end of Evangelion to the rebuilds is fucking insane. Like the gaps that they took in story. Tell tell me more about this because I don't think I've ever really thought about, about well, that theory. Because the Dead Sea Scrolls are like they they list out what exactly what people have to do for instrumentality, yeah. and so they follow it and they're like, this is what we have to do, and that's like why Sele, uh uh, betrays gendo and all this stuff but then you're saying gendo wrote the scrolls gendo wrote it wrote it and it, those were just like his notes of trial and error and that's and they, they don't really talk oh, about how they fuck. how they decipher it or anything but i think it's like something like he wrote it in such a way that only he could decipher it and so he's telling say like oh we got to do this this and this but in reality he's reading the notes and being like okay i got to try this different and this different because this is what i did last time Holy shit, that is some insane headcanon I've never thought about before. Yeah. That fucking rock, I mean, that rocks. Yeah. 
Because like to go from doing instrumentality this way to being like, I have to become a god and go find the Golgotha object is a massive leap that is very hard to explain story-wise. Unless you know you're insane, which I feel like sometimes Anna writing this was. <laughs> to me, I've always just accepted that these are like some kinds of artifacts that just exist or have existed. Mm -hmm. And like they just came across, I guess, or discovered or searched for. Um, I've never thought about it as as Gendo has been writing and rewriting. And that that's kind of based. Yeah. I mean, and that is one of those things where it's like, you have to be very deep into this and understanding that these are all just cycles that happen over and over again. Whereas thrice upon the time might be the final cycle. Although I'm not convinced because Kauru, they show the coffins of Kauru and he's only halfway through his own cycle. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's like where you get all this, where it's just like, well, this shit has been happening over and over again on our planet. And it just, and because that's one thing that they never like go into, but they explain where it's just like, well, we know where all these, we know these angels are coming and we know the names and when all this shit is happening because it happens at the same time, every cycle. Mm. So, but yeah, that that's like, that's like one thing that, I, cause yeah, I think about this way too much. And I have way too much free time to think as, about as it. one should though. I think about Ritsuko yeah. pretty often. I do too. You think she's fucking Gendo? I mean, probably. There's some issues there. I yeah. just think she's a cool character. I don't know she she is in like like th that's the other thing is like the because of the the Magi where it's it's sort of based on Ano being like there are three different like there are three different parts to a woman. The woman as a as a worker value to society, uh, the woman as a mother value to like the son. And then as a lover value to her husband, whereas like men, and this is especially shown through Gendo where it's like, like Gendo's a bad father, but what, what really separates most men from being a good father is just being in a child's life mm. where you can have a father go throughout your life. And I have personal experience about this, but they can still fuck you up massively. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it, it's just like, cause that's just like an interesting thing where we demand, especially in this, in 2022, where it's just like a woman has to work, give birth and be a good lover to, you know, the main provider. But because of the economy, we, we can't just have a woman stay at home because of the economy. Yeah. It's fucked yeah. up, isn't it? Yeah. There, there's like a, my friend sent me a research paper that I did not read into because again, bad at reading. But like where they just, where they break all that down, where it's just, because it is an interesting com a concept because of the way society views women, where it is like, mm -hmm. yeah, we, we want them to like be independent, but we also want them to have children and we also want to sexualize them and have them be our lovers. Like it's very multifaceted and like, and then is like represented in the Magi where Gendo's lover <laughs> doesn't, uh, doesn't want to kill him. I I want you to link me to this research paper. Uh, I, so I'm going to talk to that guy tonight. So I, cause I do want him to send that to me again. Cause I think I'm finally at a point where I want to read it. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I like imagine doing a dissertation on this, like, and not just on a podcast, but like for real academia, <laughs> I feel like it, it, it certainly has to come up in at some point in, in grad oh, yeah. work for sure. Oh yeah. And yeah. And like, I mean, I'm doing five podcasts on just this whole series. Like it, it does demand, yeah. which, which is another thing. Like 
sort of some of the other anime that I enjoy, like even Cowboy Bebop or Ghost in the Shell, where like it pretends to have this deeper meaning, but really it's it, there's really not that much below the surface on them. Whereas this one is like you go to the Earth's core and still not reach the bottom of what everything about this whole stuff has to be. That's that's what I both. I mean, that's, that's what I love about Evangelion is how difficult it is. Like, no, yeah. I feel like when I make steps towards like more understanding of it, I end up having more questions that I that I can't answer until like I don't know months later that I start thinking about it again. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Anno, uh, Anno's like on some other shit, like to come up with something like this rich, textually rich and 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 challenging, but also satisfying. Like it's oh, yeah. legit, like S tier fucking art well and like like a, again like like i i can give like like i like i just don't understand like i definitely don't understand how like he was able to put this much depth into like this series and like the end in like the time frame because mm-hmm. it was like two or three years for this whereas like the rebuilds that's been like 10 years maybe maybe like eight or something that that shit took or uh, took to make Whereas like oh since the first since the first rebuild yeah since the first right. rebuild it, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. it was over a way longer time and like so you you can understand like oh he probably thought about that a lot because of how much time he had but like yeah just to like go this deep on something on so much stuff and to like amalgamate so much different uh, stuff of society and religion and meld them together to make mm. something so beautiful is is always like fascinated me especially the first time watching it was like especially being like growing up uh, and having a lot of religious trauma from being forced into a church. Uh, yeah. And not to mention like, you know, there's like the Christianity part, which of course is my trauma, but there's also like a lot of Jewish mysticism boiled in, like to go through that and read that is like insane. I haven't picked up on any of the, the Jewish. Uh, stuff. Uh, so like the I've... tree of life is in Jewish mysticism and like that, uh, uh, when all the Avas like line up and they have that, uh, I forget like the, this, the symbol, like in the air and there's all that writing, and oh. stuff. like all the writing in yes. Genda's office. Yeah. That's all from Jewish mysticism. Interesting. Yeah. And like, and like, that's something like I wanted to read into for a long time too and haven't, but like, yeah, it's just like the amalgamation of bringing sort of religious things. In. And that's like, it's like a big thing in like Japan because you know, there's a lot of like uh, missionary stuff that goes that they've been tried to like, you know, been t- like uh, colonized. There's the word like colonized by religion and like Western values, and like mm. they've tried tried to stick to some of their more traditions of their stuff. You know, some good, some bad. Um, what What's interesting is like you can certainly have a a religious reading of. I mean, any part of the anime. I'm even even down to the fucking name itself, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, yeah. you could talk about that, I'm sure, for like 10, 15 minutes. But like, I don't think I've ever taken the religious lens to it at all. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's just, you know, because it, cause it was so ingrained in me as a child. Like, you can see like sort of all these things. And like, even like, because like I, I grew up in like, a Christian household. And then I also grew up like loving movies. And so like, of course, whenever a good movie come out, like, and this happened to like Lord of the Rings, uh, like 
like the, the church I went to did a whole like breaking down of the Lord of the Rings trilogy through the lens of Christianity. Oh, so shit. like, so like I've, I've done that like all my life. So like that's always, that all, will always be ingrained in me and like, like even like the matrix yeah. and that stuff. Um, so like, but for something to like come along like Evangelion where it was specifically melded with that to deconstruct that and see those meanings is like, mm the first time I've had fun doing one of those in a long time. Shinji is Jesus. Pretty know. much. I mean, he is a virgin, so. That we know of. Yeah. Oh no, that that's the other thing is the, uh, that's one of the most popular theories is like, I think there was, there's one episode later on where Masato is gone I think it was the wedding where Masato and, and Kashi go to the wedding. And so, although that was early on, that wasn't later on. Mm. I, I'll have to look it up, but there is some theory where it's like, Oh, Asuka and Shinji fucked. And like, like, cause like there's some dynamics that change a little bit like after those episodes. And then it's also sort of referenced in the end where they're like naked together. I don't think I, I, I I've never ascribed to that. I, yeah. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I've, their relationship has, I've never once been really like that sexual to me. I think it encroaches on it, but they never commit. Yeah. Well, and, and I do think, well, like, nor do I think Asuka like is, is wanting to do something like that. I think she's had her own like trauma that she needs to unpack before she even accepts any kind of sexuality within herself. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, she's got her crush on, uh, the, what's his name? Kaji. Well, and, and like her, Kaji, yeah. like, and this is like, another like deep mental thing where it's just like her wanting to be accepted as an adult because she's the greatest pilot, but she's only 14 and she's already right. completed college and stuff where it's like, no, I'm an adult. Like see me as an adult. And some of that, especially through a child's mind is goes a little bit more towards the sexual side. And sure. so I do think there's that part of it, but yeah, I also don't think that they actually like had sex, but I, I do think, I do, th I do think there was like some notion where they, that could have happened at any moment. But I think Asuka still sees she still sees Shinji too much as a child. So it's like, whereas yeah. thoughts of that could happen in her mind, they would immediately just like float away because of how childish he acts and how his own trauma of being abandoned, his abandonment issues, sort of feed into that of him not like like even if Asuka flat out said to him, "Let's have sex," I don't think he would have done it either. Too. Yeah. 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 I think that's my favorite thing about Evangelion is that everyone has their own trauma that they have to work through to some capacity. Oh, and to be honest, if I can, I'll mention it. Like, I think that was like my biggest gripe with the rebuild films is that they were kind of ignoring that for a while. Like, I think uh, the third movie is like where they like really distance themselves from like a lot of the trauma that I was used to from from the show and from yeah. End of Ava. But I'm glad that in like thrice upon a time they they got back to it into some like. To some capacity, yeah. especially with with Misato, which I felt was like missing. Oh yeah, like like yeah, her trauma especially is like one that sort of didn't get as much treatment as like especially us. As like Asuka and Shinji both have big abandonment issues because of their mothers dying. Mm. Um, mm. and like yeah, and then like her feeding into it, and then yeah, I don't I don't know what Ray's deal is. She's just a doll. I'm not a doll. <laughs> Shut up. Ray, Ray, Ray impacted me the most. Like every time she fucking turns into goo in front of Shinji, I'd fucking oh, start like tearing up. That was I when that happened the first time when I watched and 
that. Like, I watched that on stream, so there were, like, people watching me. I was just like, what? No. Oh, I freaked the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. That was, like, a jump scare for me, almost. Oh, it was, yeah. It was still so metal. Pop. And also her coming back with long sure. hair was pretty cool. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I love that. I love that design. There's, like, because I've, I've been looking for, like, other costumes to wear for podcasts and stuff. And one of them, I kept looking for plug suits. And what kept coming up were anime figurines. And so I only, I like, especially Evangelion figurines. And I saw one with her with long hair. I was like, ooh, I kind of want that one. It's like 50 bucks. Oh, but like. <laughs> that's a little pricey. Are, yeah, those things are fucking expensive. But I, I think because they're all made in Japan and stuff. Like, n- nobody here in America is, or in Mexico, rather, is like that brain broken to make those i was gonna say i don't think i have like any evangelion like merch or anything and i just i, I looked over and i realized i, I do i got a gift oh, for i need that yeah for i think christmas last year is a little ray yeah i got it i know i have the dv the blue oh my god that's it I, I forgot i bought the carbon copy fucking ray windbreaker <laughs> i've never worn it i'm too scared i'm too scared to wear it because this thing costs like a lot shit ton of money yeah it's like i, I need i need a, a special occasion to wear this thing i should have worn it today yeah because most of the like the ava stuff that i have hanging up around here is just shit i've printed on paper like i uh that's the way to go yeah i printed like i made my own uh since i work in an office now instead of making family photos i made a family photo of all of the evangelion cast members that just Incredible. says family on it uh oh i also have a, a it's over there a framed photo of that uh misato polaroid in a frame that fucking rocks yeah in a frame because i was gonna put that on my desk but i'm like even though i work in porn like i was like maybe that's a bit too much that's a, that's a bit too weeby legit you know what i want i i want to i can't find it i want a high resolution photo somewhere online of that picture of uh shinji and misato's son kaji Oh like, yes. Ever? I want like I want a wallet sized photo of that printed and like I want to carry that around with me. Oh, that'd be so cool. Oh god. That that's the other thing. Like I'll I'll probably be talking about this throughout the whole thing is like, where the fuck is the scene where Kaji fucking nukes himself inside uh the third in, the third impact? Like, mm. like cause they, they reference it in four and like you don't really cause you don't like three is it's it's so weird because it just like jumps time. And everything, and like Asuka's a a fifty year old woman in a fourteen year old girl's body, um, <laughs> but like, but like she's like thirty something, I think, because it's like fifteen years later, so she's like twenty nine. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, no, she's not like she's a three thousand year old dragon trapped inside a twelve year old's body. <laughs> It'd be like that. You don't get it. She chooses to look like she's fourteen. No. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So like, like yeah, and then. Just in four, they, there's just like flashbacks where it's like, oh, that's how Kaji died. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause you kind of forget, like, in the series, like, an unknown assassin just marks him. Um, which, God, I wish they would reveal that sometime. Oh, kind of like how, like, at the, in this movie, uh, Gendo says something and that never gets revealed. Uh, oh, mm. but the, the theory is, is that it's, he says, I, because he's like I truly I, and then it cuts. So what he said was, "I needed you. I truly needed you. I truly needed you." Because she types it on the computer to uh, that one uh, analyst. Which again, more queer representation 
in Evangelion. Like we didn't know that she secretly wanted Ritsuko. No, not not nearly enough. Because yeah. nobody gets because there is no like it's it's all deep seated and hidden and queer baiting. Yeah. But uh but yeah, like like she, she's clearly in love with Ritsuko. And you can like if you rewatch it like with that in mind, you There's, can see that from that character. Yeah, but I think it's only if like you're really looking where but like it comes out and it's yeah. uh, I guess I do appreciate that it's like really hammered like at the end. Yeah. Like like no, like she is in love with Ritsuko. Yeah. Like like eventually it, you see it, but like uh but yeah, it, it is I mean it's classic uh early 90s queer baiting, so. Yeah. Yeah, also different culture, I guess, I suppose, so. Yeah. Which sucks because because yeah. I mean, it, like again, it could have been wonderful to have uh, Shinji and Kaoru actually kiss in the third movie, third rebuild. But no, especially like, like spoilers that they death play scene. the piano. Yeah, they, they play the piano closely. But like that death, like Kaoru's death scene is like, I mean, I feel trauma from that. <laughs> Just watching it, like mm. you definitely can tell that Shinji loved him a lot in that death scene. He's like, eh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I was the first angel, but now I'm also the 17th angel. What? Or they have less angels in the rebuilds, but yeah. I do wish they would have yeah, gone a bit harder with it, though. Yeah. Like, just hammer it just a bit more. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, it's service. It's serviceable to me. Just not nearly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fine. And yeah. It, it's just, yeah. It is like just because it is made by a cis at white or cis at white, a cis at Asian man. Um, where it's just like, yeah, he, he, he really sees himself in Shinji and it is, um, it's not autobiographical, but yeah, it is. Maybe I'm gay. Yeah. That's no, the other no. thing is like, maybe I'm gay. And then that's another like fan maybe theory thing. Gay? Just a little, everybody's a little gay. Come on. Sure. Sure. True. <laughs> True. So true bestie. As I drink from my black Adam cup that, uh, do, do they have Cheetos popcorn no at your Regal? shit. What popcorn? I've uh, never once asked the brand of what they use. No, uh, no Cheetos popcorn. It's like cheddar popcorn oh. with Cheeto bites in it or pieces of Cheetos in it. Funny you mentioned this. When I went to go see Tar, a fucking, the Chester Cheetah popped up on the, like the little menu. Yeah. I was like, oh, they have fucking Cheeto something. I didn't, I didn't look. I fucking I'm sure that's the popcorn. That shit. Yeah, I fucking love that shit. But no, I like I like the seasoning that you can buy from the stores or whatever, or like I guess the oh, movie theater as well. Yeah, the little cheddar seasoning like those. That's really good. No, that that cheddar. is good. Mm-hmm. But but I I just like I just like the thought of eating popcorn with Cheetos. I don't know. I I love like Doritos sure, and Cheetos yeah. are my favorite chips. So, but uh, but yeah, like when I went to go see Black Adam, they were like, oh, we only sell that on the weekends, and I was like, what the. And like I didn't want to question it, but I saw the Godfather on a Monday and I ate that. So <laughs> that was bullshit. Did they re-show the Godfather just at a, at a Yeah. Theater? That was in That's cool. August. Yeah. It was well and so we don't have IMAX, but we have their RPX, which is their, you know, premium sound. And yes. Stuff. Um, I went to one of those. Yeah. It's not it's not great. Like I Bullet Train. It was not very good. I both the theater and the movie. Oh, yes. Okay. Let's just take a break. Fuck bullet train. I did not like that as yeah, much as everybody else did. I was like, no, I, I, and this is going toward, but you like, nope. Didn't you? I fucking love. Nope. Yeah. Okay. And it's my favorite Jordan Peele. So that, that's one we disagree on. 
I don't think it was bad. I just didn't enjoy it. And I like what I read into it was like, he's mad that he has to make like cinemas forced him to make spectacles. And he made a spectacle. That was my bastardization reading into it. But like, I really think Despair. like some of these, you know, like these great directors like Cronenberg again with, uh, cutting and fucking the movie. Crimes uh, of the future. Yeah. Crimes of the future. <laughs> Thank you. Cause I, I just call it cutting and fucking now. Like a lot of these directors with the exception of Olivia Wilde have really like not done really good post pandemic. Mm. Like I've not, I mean, I haven't seen don't worry darling. So I, I, I can't speak to Olivia Wilde, yeah. but well, and like even that, I don't think she direct like to go back to last week. I don't think she directed it very well, but I also think it was because her ten- attention, like, I don't think Florence Pugh directed the sure. movie like she was saying, or like, as people claim she said, but I do think her attention was divided by, you know, starting this new Harry. relationship and stuff. So. Yeah. And, and it, undergoing like divorce and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like, and, and it shows, but it also didn't like, it didn't hurt the movie. It just, I sh- like, if she had her full attention on it, I think there's something she could have done better. Cause one of the big problems, like, and you'll probably see this in like, there's a moment where you realize why the editing is so bad. Like it, it feels like half of the movie feels like the editing is bad, but, but when, when you get to a certain moment, you're just like, Oh, okay. Now, now it makes sense. And maybe this is actually brilliantly edited. But that was like, when I watched it through the whole thing, I was like, some of these cuts are weird and I don't like them, but um, I'll get back to you when it comes out on HBO yeah. max. Yeah. Which at some point. should be next month. Probably next month or something. Yeah. Because yeah. Barbarian's coming on the 25th. And that's a movie I didn't get to see. But I Good really movie. wanted Good to. Good movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, because it was like, oh, Don't Worry Darling was the last movie I saw in theaters before Black Adam. That's right. Uh, but like, yeah, when when I saw The Godfather, like I went to the movie theater like three time, three weeks in a row to watch something. And like, I just stopped after Don't Worry Darling and didn't go. But there's also nothing in my area that was, I mean, like bros, yeah. bros, I kind of regret not going sure. to see, but I just, I just couldn't get my ass out of bed to go see it. Yeah. No, then that's fine. It happens. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, yeah, but black Adam was like, I just, I don't know. Like I, I knew that movie was going to be trash, but I couldn't wait to see it. <laughs> I mean, same thing. Nothing with wrong with enjoying some. Yeah. yeah. I've not, well, I haven't seen Morbius. Yeah. Don't. Will I ever? Probably not. I don't, don't know if I will. I mean, we should do a large popcorn on it, but <laughs> I would consider it. Yeah, I would have to watch Venom one and two first. Oh god, just because. Look, Venom. I don't know. Venom one and two might be better than Morbius. I don't know because Morbius. The problem with Morbius is it's just mid. It's definitely a. It's. I mean, it's. It's like Venom one, is what I had the same complaints where it's just like. Like we live in a post MCU world. Why are we going back to Spider-Man three days? Like making movies like that. I don't understand because they're all just mid. They're not aggressively terrible. Uh, Carnage was, I think aggressively terrible, but what the, there was a Carnage movie. That's right. Yeah. No, that's no, that's Venom two. Venom two. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 But also like, it's like an hour and 50 minutes. Like I've, I my my thing is that the MCU yeah. just ruined like movies. Period. Like everything has to be universe building now. Oh no, yeah. Can we just can we just make cool things? You know yeah. what I mean? Whatever. I mean, yeah. And unfortunately, it, it it's been in, in the ass this time around or this uh, phase because it it felt aimless. Yeah. 
but uh, but I mean, Werewolf by Night was really good, so we at least get some gems out. I didn't, I did enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. fucking Elsa Bloodstone. Let's go. Um, okay, back to Evangelion. Uh, yes. Okay, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? I mean, I I think I mentioned most of what I, what I, my biggest takeaway is is just like Shinji's unpacking of his trauma, which I, that's my my hook for the show is always just like how, how can I analyze Shinji differently than I did last time, or what mm-hmm. what's my 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 takeaway? Yeah, and my most recent one is just like normally I was like really cynical on where Shinji is at the end of this. Uh, I mean, I still kind of I mentioned this earlier. I still agree to like an extent it's mostly coming from a cynical place or like why he chooses to uh like reject um instrumentality yeah um but i think it stems from a, a little bit of a place of like self realization that like he has to be a better person he's just like kind yeah. of closing himself off because he doesn't think he is like worthy of it which is something that i think honestly a lot of us go through at some points like having to accept ourselves um, in the face of others and understand that like people are, are here for us, but like denying that I go through this shit all the fucking time. So like yeah. when people say they identify with Shinji, I get that. Yeah, no, he's like, he's a very, uh, like, especially like, you know, people with depression and sort of like low lying mental illnesses like that, where it's just like, yeah, he's very identifiable and like, you know, like even him, like, He's giving all the, he's like, he's given all these choices and he just runs away where it's just like outwardly we'd like to project like, no, we would definitely like, have you seen the Michael Bay, uh, Evangelion, uh, animated short somebody made where it's like, please send that to me. Okay. Michael Bay does, or wait here. I bet I can do this. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't care if, uh, if I get copyright, uh, here it is. Um, but uh, put in a poster too. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Where is it? Uh, YouTube. Look at all my cool uh, recommendations, but uh, Michael Dune. No, that's not Dune. That's uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Oh god. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing we should do is talk about. Uh, yeah, Michael Bay's Evangelion. Nine. Uh, here we go. I've watched it so many times. What is this? A giant robot? Yes, and now you will pilot it. You want me to get into this thing that I just now see for the first time and fight the angels? Yes. Fuck yes! Stupid ass, dude. Who are you? You know what? It don't matter. When I get back, I'm gonna hit that. I'm breathing water right now. I'm a fucking fish. Boom, 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 boom. I would legit watch this. I, oh, Michael Bay being Yeah. I'm in a fucking robot. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, you like that? Oh, I love the English. <laughs> now give me that juice. Shinji, this is your home now. Damn right it is. We sharing a bed? <laughs> Shinji, I'm the greatest pilot in the world. You and me both. You want to fuck? Holy <laughs> shit. You know what? I'm going to eat this motherfucker. Oh. Right, yeah, this, I love this how much like testosterone is. But I'm going to finish yep. this because that's what a man does. I think I was born to meet you. 
Let's fuck. No homo. No, no homo. And that's the last thing. Fuck it. I'll be God now. He's crying. Yeah, she got big old pair of tits. Shinji, it's your choice. Would you like to save or end the world? You know what? Make me a new world. That's what I'm talking about. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> oh, back when uh, that was from, uh, what is it? Animation domination high def back when the uh, Fox was doing its adult swim type thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, which I never got into. Oh, oops. I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> turn off camera. Uh, yeah, I, I turned know. off my camera. I mean, yeah. you know, I've had my friend like show me a screen and like not understand how to turn it off and just leave a call. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I love that thing so much. <laughs> big old parties. Maybe a new world. Oh, uh, hell yeah. I thought the fucking this girl's next to it. <laughs> Insane. Fucking, fucking steals the cigarette out of Kaji's mouth. Let's fuck. No. Oh, no. my God. What was that's, that? that, that is, that's the line. That's my favorite line. Yeah. We should have the same bed. <laughs> Just fucking nods. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But. Oh, my God. How did we get here? How did we get here? No idea. Okay. Evangelion. Oh, that was the other thing was, uh, I, I would like, I would watch Michael Bay do anything just for the, cause like even ambulance, like a fucking two and a half hour movie about a car chase. Like what? I almost <laughs> threw up during ambulance. I yeah. almost threw up. Cause, cause of, cause of how awesome it was, right? No, because of the fucking camera movement. Oh, an IMAX. Yeah, I was like, right. this is disorienting. <laughs> you didn't even see that shit in the theaters. <laughs> It's cool, but like, fuck, I'm getting dizzy. Yeah, no, like, yeah, I'll, I'll like, I don't know, like, I legitimately think Pain and Gain is a really good movie. Like, I like Pain and Gain as well. Yeah, like, like, yeah, that's like the one good one that he's done because like the rest are all spectacles. But yeah, like a Transformers style Evangelion movie, just for the fuck mm. of it, that'd be hilarious. Why, why the fuck not? Oh my god, Transformers style, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. I like what was I tweeted out something. Oh, yeah, because like even though we're not getting any more real Michael Bay lore from Transformers, the lore of Michael Bay where Unicron is literally just Earth <laughs> still makes me not, laugh to no. this day. I will not think about this. Oh no, it's because I, I was thinking of because Gem Gemma Chan was like she was the uh CGI uh bad guy for uh, the the final Michael Bay Transformers, and just the ending credits is her like as a human, like walking in front of like these Transformers spires jutting out of the ground, like like the Eternals, mm. and just basically it's just like some like fisherman dude's like, what's that? And she's like, it's Unicron, and he's hungry or something like that. <laughs> that sounds so fucking stupid. It is, but I I I'm love sorry. it so much. I I love when. I, I don't know. I, I love like shitty, terrible movies where the lore is just like the most insane, stupid ideas ever. Or it's just like, like the, the, like the original Unicron was just so fucking cool from that animated Transformers movie. And it's like Orson Welles is voicing it and all this stuff. And Bumblebee says shit in that movie. <laughs> ah, shit. That sounds, that sounds raw as hell. Yeah. It's like the original Transformers movie is wild, but also awesome. And then just to like adapt that <laughs> into 
the last night where it's like Bumblebee is all all of a sudden Bumblebee was around in World War Two. Yeah, this is I never watched the movie, but I heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And Anthony Hopkins has his own personal Transformers butler. And stuff. I refuse. I refuse. Maybe uh, I should watch this movie. Oh no, I like I like, like insane shit. Yeah. That's the thing, is like like a lot of like I have a few people who I'll like describe movies were like in the most insane way. And it's just like I understand if you don't want to go to the theater. I understand if you don't want to pay for it. But if you can find a way to watch these movies, like you should watch them just just to laugh at. Like sometimes we need to laugh at movies. We don't need to. That's true. Them. That's true. Yeah. Like I'm I'm sure. Like I don't know. Like I'm sure if pe- more people laughed at Batman v Superman, people would get more enjoyment out of. We would them. have more of them. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I mean that would be selfishly. Yes, I would like that. But like, yeah, that's the other thing is like. Because Zack Snyder was trending today on Twitter for some reason. Um, I know the reason, but it's a spoiler. But uh, yes, but yeah, but I was I was like thinking I was like you know I really did enjoy that Justice League movie, but if they had released that in the theaters, I would not have enjoyed it. <laughs> like, mm. like if it wasn't one of those where you could mm. sit down and like you know pause it and go to the bathroom and watch it in parts or the fact that it was messed up by Joss Whedon so badly, then I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as I do now. But yeah, I think I enjoyed the Snyder cut as well. Yeah. Like legit. I mean, yeah. And like what he was going for was, I thought was pretty cool. And like, also like the whole, like his whole thing. I loved, I loved his whole like sort of arc because it was trying to be sort of the antithesis of Marvel. Like it wasn't trying to be light fun. Mm. It was supposed to, it was trying to be like dark and serious and taking these characters seriously. I just think he needs like, and this is, I've said this millions of times and I've gotten into horrible arguments with people about this is I think Zack Snyder just needs a better writer and someone to tell him no. Yeah. I mean, that's probably true for like a lot of people. Yeah. But sure. I mean, that's probably true for Nolan. Yeah. Yeah, I think the. I mean, it's people say that right. The best Nolan movies are the ones that he co-writes with his brother Jonathan. Yeah, well, like, well, I mean, and one of your favorites, Interstellar, falls into that category too. And like, I, I do think that's like the last time I've really enjoyed one of his movies when it was Interstellar. And I get people's problems with it. Like, I, I, I probably even agree with them. Yeah. But like, I don't know. In terms of spectacle, the sublime, and just like. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about love for a while. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm right or die with this. Why not? Yeah. I mean, that was cool. I just So the original ending to that was them dying on that water planet, which I thought would have been kind of metal for them to actually do. But like they don't have the balls to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it's when just... when Spielberg was going to direct it, he was going to do that apparently. So mm-hmm. Um but like like even if that like like them going to like the Matt Damon planet and stuff that's when I felt like this movie was just getting along. It just felt like too long for me. It, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, yeah. Cause I, I don't have like, I'm, I'm not like, cause I know some people who like really do hate on Nolan and I, I do sit in the camp where it's just like, I think the prestige and the dark Knight were like my last truly favorites of his that he made. Cause I think after the dark Knight, he just got too big and, they didn't need yeah he didn't like the dark knight rises he didn't even enjoy working on it yeah uh, yeah that shows which is my transition back to uh ano which is like how base it is to make this fucking movie 
as like a, a fuck you. Oh to yeah. Make this in a, in a place of hate after like receiving fucking death threats for the show ending of Evangelion. Be like, you know what? I'm fucking depressed right now. So you're gonna get a depressed ass ending where yeah. I'm just like gonna explore my own self. Oh uh, yeah, like like yeah, the the character study of that and like even like uh, I mean even like like the uh, like the two endings like definitely this and Thrice Upon a Time are big character studies on his own thing where like uh like it 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 definitely does like like this definitely shows like i feel like this is like him like the end of evangelion is him like trying to get over like a big breakup because at least that's what it reads to me at the end Mm. like the coffee scene and then the ending where it's like maybe things are going to change but i still have to go like i'm still going back to the old stuff like with asuka which is it's like oh god like like the fact that people want like Asuka and Shinji to end up together. Um, it just, it just gnaws at me. Cause it's like, they're clearly toxic for each other and hate each other. Like, yeah. And that's like, that's the whole point. Like look at uh, like Evangelion reinforces this at the end. Like when his first thing he does when he sees her again, that like, uh, I guess what, what do you want to call it? Like a, a mental kind of conversation with her when he sees her again. Like, I mean, is it, is it actually her? Uh, that's another conversation, but like yeah. he chokes her again. It's well, first thing, the first thing he does. Yeah, e- even if, like, her character isn't, like, that character from, because I don't know where it came from, where it's, like, an amalgamation of Masato Ray and her all together. Um, I, th- I think Ano said something about that once. But, like, but like even that, just, like, seeing her visage, like, her visage, like, giving him, like, his immediate reaction is just to kill her again. Mm. And just, like, and just him breaking down is just, like, that speaks so much about where, he was at mentally at the time and stuff. Yeah. And, like, and then even like sort of the ending where uh, like one of the things that did hit me hard about thrice upon a time is the, uh, is Gendo just being so depressed that Yui was gone and like him, like not interacting with the world and like not wanting to be like a contributing part and like until Yui came along and then he realized that there's more to life than, uh, I guess reading the Dead Sea Scrolls or whatever the fuck he was yeah. doing. Um, yeah. And just like, and then just wanting to get back to that and like sort of like that explain, like especially that explaining, because you get that in the original series, but like it hits so much harder when he actually out loud says that like, I'm doing all of this just to get back to her. And like, mm. and like ever, like my whole world was, like sad before I met her, but when I was with her, everything made sense. And like, right. and the fact that she's gone, even this child who's not only a part of me, but a part of her didn't make sense without her in the world. So like, yeah. Yeah. And you like, that's like, uh, have you seen euphoria? No. Okay. Sorry. So, that's fine. But th- there's this character in it who is a father and he's like a horrible piece of shit lives like a double life and all this stuff they give him like a scene in season two that explains why he's like this and you just feel bad for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you start to feel bad for him until you realize like because of what had happened to him, he reacted in such a shitty way when he should have, when he was, cause basically it's just like, there's this one major decision that happens after you see how his life could have been if he wanted to live the way he wanted to, where he chooses the wrong decision because again, because society demands that a father, that a father is only good when he's with his children. 
Mm. Where it's just mm. like he could he could have been happy, you know, without you know taking care of this child, and thus, thus him like choosing to be a father to this child makes this child become an even worse version of what he is, and a way more bad guy in the show. But it's just like, yeah, like like sometimes just, and that's like a big thing that I'm trying to teach my writing partner about what makes a good character because we're currently working on a script where this guy is like, and one of the feedbacks we got was he's not relatable because he's such a piece of shit. And I was like, what we need is just to give like a moment or something that shows that he's relatable, but he's just doing the, he's making the bad decisions. He's pushing people away because yeah. it's so depressed. Legit. Like that's like, I mean, to your point and to even Yellen's point is like why it's so strong is that like character studies work because real life and even Yellen is fucking complicated nothing yeah. is ever clear cut real life is not that way like people make bad choices people make good choices like it's it existing in that gray area I think is like where you get all the intrigue and it's where like life fucking happens right so like I go back to Gendo as well like uh is he a shitty father? Yes, but, like, he's also, like, a victim of his own trauma of, like, of losing Yui. Yeah. Like, it's, everything is in, in response to that. And, like, you yeah. have to, at some point, like, to, to some extent, empathize with, with him a yeah. little bit, right? He's, he's just making the wrong choices at every turn. And because he keeps making wrong choices, they keep, this domino effect keeps happening where he's going down this path that makes him an asshole, makes him a villain. And that's just super yeah. interesting to me, is, like, especially showing the like the origins of that and like even like uh like even thank you shane for doing that um <laughs> the uh, uh what is it like like infinity war like we all have sort of accepted that infinity war is thanos thanos is the main character of infinity war sure and he's committing genocide yeah. but we see but we can see like we can identify with his reasonings though yeah is why that like and why that sort of hits home more on and why people sort of enjoy that is because you can see like, Oh no, he's cause like he a, says life is shitty. Yeah. Cause, cause he see like, we see everything around us, like, like resources, like we're draining resources and all this stuff. And it's just, yeah. Like, yeah like, and then even in end game, they like, like they give that like a little bit credence where it's like there are whales in the fucking Hudson river. Like, like, Nature oh, yeah. sort of healed. It's like he sort of healed nature, but he did it in such a bad way that we can't. We just can't let it stand. And like, are you saying Thanos is actually Gendo? I am. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because he's Avengers is just like everything is always just like Evangelion. Oh no! It's, yeah, it is. It's this is the blueprint. Yeah. It's oh, God. well. I mean, it's also like like Evangelion has like distilled itself. Like Evangelion. Like a lot of Japanese. Like also. I'll say this and I'll never say it again. I'll never admit it, but because it's Christian, I admit everything Christian. Just like, just like how I admitted that I hate Morbius, but I did it for the memes. Um, but like, <laughs> the only reason I said that, uh, but like, uh, like all my writing is distilled from either metal gear or fucking Evangelion. Yes. Like, yes, these two stories have sort of like distilled and like, that's like sort of my baseline for when I write things, even if you can't tell that it's no like, legit, like you fucking play the Metal Gear series and you suddenly like you start seeing everything. Like, oh, this is just like in Metal Gear. 
Oh yeah, this is just like an Evangelion. It's oh my god, everywhere. they're sending private military companies to the Middle East. That's yeah. just like what Hideo Kojima did in <laughs> Winter Soldier. Fucking Winter Soldier is, is Metal Gear, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like yeah, but but yeah, like those two things still and like it is, yeah, like to have those things be very impactful and like I didn't fall into these things until later in life, even though I'm 20, by the way. Um, <laughs> That's fucked up. I'm not. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> That's just a joke because someone had a birthday and they were like younger than me, but I thought they were older. So I just thought it would be funny if I just kept saying I was 20. Uh, you fucking got me. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So like, like I didn't, like I didn't get into Metal Gear Solid until, uh, what was it? Uh, that Game Awards trailer back when, back when it was on Spike and you could clearly tell that this thing called the Phantom Pain was a Metal Gear trailer. And I had never played the series and I could tell that was a Metal Gear trailer oh yeah the first trailer yeah, yeah. Moby dick studios Moby dick studios yeah. and there's a giant whale so i didn't start getting into it until that and then when i and then of course that being like the last one that was ever made like experiencing it all at once and buying the metal gear solid collection on ps3 um, yeah just like just was like oh my god maybe i like complicated characters and stories and stuff but yeah Absolutely. and then yeah, and then watching this during the pandemic when I was really depressed just makes it me hits. feel better. Like like this, th- watching this during the pandemic, and then the other thing that really inspired me a lot was Inside by Bo Burnham. Which I have not seen, but I've heard okay. like so several things from everyone. This is not like a spoiler or anything, but the fact that he made that completely by himself and it is extremely well shot, well edited. There are like zooms that he had to do in editing that are just like I've seen like people who I went to school with who are considered professionals make shit that's not half as good as what he did alone by himself in his spare bedroom like yeah so like yeah like like all these like yeah those things have like really inspired me about stuff um fuck yes but I think we're coming up on time so wanna uh let's wrap it let's let's, hey I will say, like, okay. I don't even think we scratched the surface for even like anything Evangelion. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, and that like the other thing is like maybe like at some point because I I really do want to like with this podcast like I do want to come back to things because it's like a, like because it's Kale's cool movie club so it's like we're just like a club of people and we're gonna come back like again I'm gonna probably get. Uh, burnt out on talking about this but i would definitely like to someday get a panel of like a bunch of people to come in and talk about it that would be legit inspired yeah for a a couple hours about just the whole thing and like because i want to do that with legion also one of my other favorite shows that i recommend everybody watch that also deals with uh, mental illness in a different way um and is a lot like evangelion uh thematically not right yeah (laughs) Not story-wise, but yeah, like, like, yeah, and that's another thing, like, because those are, like, some of my most influential, like, my favorite, top favorite shows are, like, End of Evangelion and Legion, for sure. Mm. Yeah. So, that's good. So, uh, yeah, so since we're coming up on the end, uh, do you want to reveal your letterbox top four for the panel? Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> that's a, what a funny, yes, I'll, I'll reveal my top four. 
which I found out apparently people have these like in a certain order. I just I just fucking uh, them there in any order. Yeah, I I don't really have mine in. I especially don't have mine in order because we talked about it last week. But for the most part, yeah, I would say mine are in order. And I I on the podcast changed because uh, you've seen my top four and uh, said that I was one of the biggest red flags for movies, which that was an awesome segment. We gave so many red flags. Yeah, I, uh, myself included. I'm, I would say I'm a red flag too. Yeah, because by the way, because yeah, r- right now I have on the top four: I have End of Ava, Blade Runner 2049, Jennifer's Body, and Birds of Prey. Uh, which, I mean, come on, those are some pretty base picks. Oh yeah, which real. which I uh, switched out Batman v Superman for Birds of Prey because when, on last uh, episode we were talking about it, and it's like, yeah, I actually do like that movie a lot more than I do Batman v Superman, even though I I do like. Uh, because especially with Batman v Superman, like two hours of that movie kind of suck. <laughs> like that last hour is pretty rad. Sure. Yeah. I mean, action. I mean, I I enjoyed the ultimate cut a bit more. I'll say that much. Like yeah. rearranging the scenes a little bit did help. But yeah. I mean, I just like the fact that this is probably the closest we'll get for another 20 years to actually having a Dark Knight Returns film. I thought was mm-hmm. pretty rad. Sure. But uh, yeah. But yeah, and and then just like just like them going ham on Doomsday was hilarious. I did not like Doomsday in that movie. Anyway, my top no, four. He, he wasn't great. Okay, yes, let's hear. It. Uh, I I have Interstellar, which is maybe probably my my most dorm room poster basic pick, but whatever, it's there. Uh, <laughs> Arrival, Arrival, which nice. is probably my favorite movie of all time. I gotta watch that. Spirited away, <laughs> so, so good. Spirited Away. Gotta watch that again, too. And it was, yeah. like, I haven't watched that since I was a kid, but I fucking remember loving that as a kid. And, like, I, yeah. I, I don't, so, because they put the Disney logo on it, because Disney distributed all those Studio Ghibli yes. for a while. So I was, like, expecting it to be, like, a Disney movie, and then watching it and just being, like, movies can be Changed like my this. life, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I did have Graves, Grave of the Fireflies for the longest time in this spot, but I, re- I recently switched it out for Spirited Away. Um, and then my final pick is Days and Confused. I fucking love this movie. I gotta like, go it's just a... back and watch that because I remember just feeling mid about that movie, but that was also like when I first got uh, the Netflix DVD subscription. So I, yeah. like every three days I was watching some new movie. Um, yeah, no, and yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah. And honestly, people who call it mid, I understand, I get. People who call it problematic, I agree with. Oh, but for me, this is like one of the one of the marks for like when I got more into movies and like I just this is my desert island pick, my fucking comfort movie, like Richard Linklater, just ultimate fucking vibes. Like, yeah, Days and Confused. I just I just yeah. jam with it. I, I am also like probably one of those few people where I'm like, you know, Rich Richard Linklater's kind of mid. I don't know. I I still haven't watched the Sunrise trilogy or whatever before trilogy. Oh fuck! I know that that's movie trilogy ever. Yeah, that's a big gap. Yeah, uh, I th- Boyhood, I remember, enjoy because especially like, like around the time Boyhood came out was like around the time I was graduating high school too, so like mm. I just remember it being like, they did capture the essence of what it meant to be a child during that era, but I just yeah I just didn't vibe with it as much. Also because I think the way yeah. that the character ended up is the people I hated in high school. <laughs> gotcha. So yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of other Linklater movies that because I, I haven't watched very I mean, much of his School of Rock, baby. School of okay, Rock. yeah. I mean that's that is a great movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, Legit. 
that's that's when we like were forced to watch in every music class, which I thought was hilarious. But you know, <laughs> it's better, funny. It's better than watching ninety percent of the other movies they forced us to watch, except for Schindler's mm-hmm. List. Hey, that's that's a fucking that's a picture right there. Yeah, that, I was like, I was like, oh, thank God they're like getting some class in school finally. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, you're gonna be on this again. I'm not giving you an option. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll be here. To. Um, I'll be here. I love I love you. I love talking movies with you. I respect your opinions more than. Uh, we got somebody finally. A lot of someone. People. Yeah. No, I like I like the way like like we've done this sort of stuff like together a few times, and it's been so much fun. Um, yeah. So I, I enjoy, I enjoy your conversations. Uh, but so where can people find you or do you wish to be perceived at all? Cause there's some people. Ah, just follow, okay, sorry. follow me on Twitter at ISO Christian. You'll see my, everything I do there. That's my one place. Yeah. Yeah. Watch his, uh, uh, what do they call those things that you put on YouTube? Oh, my little video essays. Yeah. Video yeah. essays. Those are pretty good. I've watched a couple of them. I've enjoyed them. Uh, oh, yeah. I do love video I essays and I, like oh god i wish what was that what was the one that was really good it was like about it was like every frame frame of painting or something i fucking missed that channel yeah. such a good channel and yeah it, like it ended on such a cuck video cucked video i'm sorry i mean it, it was oh a, the it was marvel a, symphonic yeah. universe yeah part it, one and part two it was a good it was a good video and it did point out a lot of stuff but i was like really that's the last video you're gonna do like you should like there's something like I know there's something better in yes. that you could have done. Yeah. But uh but yeah. So yeah. Uh I don't know. This is the second episode, so I'm not I quite don't have the format down. Um Fuck it. We ball. Yeah, we ball. As someone pulls out a bag of Advil and Tums. Uh that was my favorite joke from last night, which nobody understands because there's not much uh whatever. Who the fuck cares? Um Anyways, yeah, you can watch this episode on uh, YouTube every Wednesday uh, on all podcast services. Like, there's a shit ton of podcast services. I sent this out. Google's the only one I'm unavailable to get onto because however they do it. And, like, I just, like, since I work a full-time job now, like, it's kind of hard to, like, get everything down. But, like, it's available on Apple. It's available on Spotify, um, which the Spotify was the big one that I was, like, it needs to go out to that because I know a lot of people yes. on Spotify. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you can listen to that every Wednesday also at around uh, 10 a.m. Pacific. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't think I have to edit this episode, so that's good. Because uh, last week I, we had, a, I had one of my best friends on who I went to film school with, and we had a four-hour conversation, and only about two uh-huh. hours of that was about Don't Worry Darling. So... And we said, we said, I said, I, not, not she, I said some horrible things about people that we know who will not listen to this podcast. Oh, fuck. So you had to edit that out. Yeah. 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 And, and like the, then I talked to the person who, uh, who I brought up because this person and my friend don't really get along. So he's like, thanks for cutting all that shit out. I was like, okay, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's it. So, uh, I will see y'all, uh, next week. Uh, same, same kale channel, uh, other outro. Hey, maybe I should learn to write things. Uh, but thank you so much for, uh, as I scroll around to find out how to stop recording. Uh,
Thank you so much for watching. I love you. Bye. Watch Evangelion. Watch it. Watch all of it.